Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. man it's so excited to be here with you this morning my name is Ben Chapman and I'm uh, one of the pastors here at Luminous Church and I'm glad that you had um, just took the opportunity to come through our doors and and take part in this service this morning and so I'm excited because you know school's about to start all the students ready for school in this place none of them that was not a hand clap well you know school's such a pivotal time I, I just think like it, it's formative for shaping and and we have you know um, there, there's all forms of school but we have a lot of public school teachers here who who really love students and care about our students and really giving their life um, to just invest in students you know the, the the pay grade for teachers is not not all that great uh, any amens you know and so it's not all that great but but they said man we're gonna go this is our vocation this is what we're gonna do and so we just want to honor all those who are teachers in this place so if you're a teacher would you stand up if you if you teach in the classroom you're a teacher in the classroom and just just remain standing man we are so thankful for you and we just if you could remain standing we have a little gift for you that that's coming your way by the ushers in this place and and church would you just extend a hand to our teachers can we pray for them as they begin to Go to the classroom this year and just believe in for great things. God, we just thank you so much for the teachers in this place, Lord. We thank you, God, for, for just giving us just a, a large amount of teachers who really are imparting into this next generation, God. And it's more than just developing them, God, um, um, mentally, but God, it is also developing them emotionally and, and even so spiritually. So, Lord, I just pray for our teachers. I pray that you would give them endurance to live a, a great life this year and to love love students so well lord i just pray that their selfless acts would not go unseen in jesus name amen can we give them a big hand thank you thank you for being so bold and standing and we just wanted to give you a gift from luminous church and just say how much we love you and appreciate you and if you didn't get a gift or we ran out of cards please just email me Ben at LuminousChurch.org, and we'll make sure that we do that and give you a gift this, um, this coming week. And so hopefully it'll help out with your classroom. And, and uh, I know the expense. My wife was a first grade teacher for a couple years, so I know expense to, to um, decorate your room and get it ready. So we hope that that's helpful. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're going to be there in just a moment. As we started this year just to give you a little insight maybe you started coming um, more recently as we started this year we started a vision of of that we would be a church that walks by faith not by sight walk by faith and not by sight and Psalm 119.105 was kind of our anthem where it says uh, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path a word your word is a lamp for my feet and a light 
to my path or on my path. And, and we believe that the word of God is to be elevated pretty high. We, in fact, it, it, we, we, we believe that it's the absolute authority for our lives. That if whatever decision we make in life, whatever choices we make, whatever we're trying to wrestle with and decide, we, we go back to the word of God. We go back to the Bible and see, okay, what is this? What, what does Jesus say about this matter? What, what, how would he instruct? And, and so, um, with all of our opinions, and we know that it's a very opinionated culture. Can I get an amen? I mean, with all of our opinions and all the headlines and everything else, we, we have tried to elevate this book up, believing that it's, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And that God's word is right here to, for instruction, for, for rebuke. For teaching, and so we're so thankful for it. And and so the word is it is a light on our path. And so we've been started this year off with just collecting shoes all year. And we we had a huge donation that we gave to Cam Ministries, Christian Assistant Ministries, and we gave shoes away, and, and we were so excited to do that. And I just want to let you know that we're also giving shoes away to those who are going back to school. So here in a couple of weeks, we're going to um, be collecting all of our shoes, new shoes for kids, and we're going to be donating them to kids in need who don't have shoes for this year. And so I want to encourage you to bring those shoes. But it was one way to keep this vision in front of us. One way is say, man, it's important on how you walk. This, this faith walk is so important on how we live it out. I want to I want to just let you know and you know it too is that that life can get a little blurry can it uh, you may find yourself going through life maybe you chose a career path maybe maybe you're going through life and you find yourself getting a little blurred vision has anybody had blurry vision before like maybe in real life some blurry vision those who wear uh, glasses I mean you you immediately can um, know what that's like uh, blurry vision is one of those things that and if you follow, you, you may be misguided or misdirected. It, you know, you may have heard the saying where you may um, have missed it by a hair, right? You missed it by just a, just a small little moment, a small little um, split. And so vision's important. And as we were at our Every Nation conference this year, and it, it was a world conference with 6,500 people from all over the world coming together of, of the clarity, this this pastor who is a campus minister in the Philippines, um, she, her name's Mai, and she said this illustration that I thought was so helpful for us as we began to think about clarity. And, and she talked about the Hubble telescope and in 1990, when the Hubble telescope was sent into space, it was going to be the strongest telescope to be able to see galaxies far away and, and, and be able to uh, see stars that we weren't able to see before. But in 1990, when NASA sent up this telescope, uh, they, they got these pictures back, and the pictures weren't as they hoped they would be. They were pretty blurry. They looked a lot like this. Now, now that can almost be seen with the telescope from, from the ground and not aiming in orbit. And, and so NASA knew they were into a big problem. A $1.5 billion project uh, was about to be ruined. And, and they started researching what was going on with the telescope. And what they found is one of the mirrors was not set accurately. In fact, it was less than a hair off alignment. 
less than a hair. It took 35 hours of, of walking in space by these astronauts and, and tens of millions of dollars to correct it. And as a result, the picture came back and it got a little more clear. And, and in fact, it's a lot more clear as you can see. And we were able to see the pictures of, of the clarity. I just wanted to say that, that NASA knew clarity is important because it's easier to study the stars when you can actually see clearly. For our life, it's easy to walk this life how Jesus would have us walk if we're able to see clearly. If we're able to have a clear vision of our life, a clear vision of what God has called us to do. And, and so this year, we, we have set in place to walk by faith, not by sight. That, that we would walk with the word and the truth, believing that the truth would actually keep us from heresy. The Bible would keep us from walking uh, uh, in a clear, a clear way. And so this is why we've stood to this and have st stood on this word. And Psalm 11, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, 22 and 23 was talking about Moses and faith. And as we talk about this great faith this year, it says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they, he... They saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Uh, this is amazing because we, as we talked about great faith this year, and we talked about this vision of walking and talking about clarity, we, we read that, that the faith is very important to our life. Faith is very important. In the hall of faith, in Hebrews 11, we read about all these giants of faith and how they, just because of their faith in God, did incredible things that changed the course of history. By faith, when, when their life was threatened because the, the, the king's edict was to kill everyone under two years of age, and by faith, they saw their child and they said, no, not my child, but I'm going to fight and have faith for this next generation. And, and they, they began to set Moses free and begin to set him on his course. By faith, they did not obey that. By faith, they obeyed God's law above, above man's law. It's important to know that, that not that we're rebellious people or disobedient people, but, but God's law and your faith. That's the one thing, if persecuted, it's worth kind of taking a stand with, right? Isn't that true? If somebody were to keep you from worshiping or keep you from praying or keep you from talking to your God, I'm going to tell you that our allegiance to God is higher than any other allegiance known to man. That it is his law first. It is God's, God's ordained first. This is where we stand and this is what we see and it takes great faith to do that. Great faith that we'd have a, a picture of faith, a picture to be able to walk in this way. Now, now faith, faith to in what? Faith to see Jesus. Faith to see Jesus. That's the anthem of our church, to see Jesus clearly, that we'd have vision for Jesus, that we'd start walking to him. And, and faith is, is really synonymous with sight oftentimes. You see, when we say see Jesus clearly, I don't expect you to have a picture of Jesus. I don't expect everybody to have this image of Jesus or Jesus maybe show up and manifest himself in a room. Although sometimes that could happen. But really, it's this, it's this illustration that the thing about sight is amazing. Spurgeon would say that, that as you see it's an instantaneous image. 
that, that when you open your eyes, you instantly see an image. And that's how our faith should be, is that, that when we open the eyes of a heart, that we already see the kingdom. We, we automatically see Jesus, see what he's doing on earth, see all that he is, that, that our, our faith would open up and that he would become so real, so tangible, as though our eyes would be opened and how we see in this room. And Spurgeon would also say this, is that you wouldn't just see instantaneously, but that you would see the kingdom in a large perspective. Have you ever gone into any place, if we were to just go out here on the rooftop and look, overlook the city, what would we see? We would see San Antonio. We would see the skyscrapers. We would see the neighborhoods, we'd see UTSA, we would see the traffic on 1604, praise God. We would, we, would see, we would see every tribe, tongue, and language. As you open your eyes, not only do you see instantaneously, but you see the large picture. See, this is what faith does. It, it, it opens your awareness to God immediately, but it also opens your, your eyes and your heart to, to what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. All of a sudden, you see God in a big picture, a big picture. This is what faith does, and it's why we live by faith. It's why we do this, because when you have your heart opened like that, then there is direction for your life. When you have your heart opened like that, then all of a sudden you see Jesus for who he is and not just hear about him, but you actually open your mind to him. In fact, this is uh, in John 14, we read about the disciples and they were getting pretty worried because you see Jesus manifest, uh, God incarnate walking in human flesh was with them and he was instructing them and teaching them. He was, he was healing people and, 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 and healing the sick and casting out demons and the dead were raised to life and there was extraordinary things happening and all of a sudden he kind of starts to talk about him leaving. He was going to leave. How many know that puts a little worry in you? Have, have you ever... You know, all of a sudden, uh, uh, you lose some stability in your life. Has anybody ever lost some stability in your life or the, or the fear of stability? Have you, have you realized that oftentimes in our culture, we live out of a fear of instability? That, that we do things and react in such a way because we, we love that stability in life. And, and the disciples were no different than you and I in this moment because, because although they saw Jesus in manifest, do all this cool stuff, do all these healings, raise the dead, uh, uh, bring hope to the hopeless, and, 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 and bring life to those who were lifeless. He, he was doing all this, and, and the threat of him leaving brought some instability brought some fear brought some worry so Jesus in John 14 had to remind them as he often does and it's oftentimes why we gather in this place because we need to be reminded because when we leave these doors or we leave our people then all of a sudden some instability can happen some fear can happen and John 14 5 Thomas said to him uh, Thomas, and this is Thomas who, who has been plagued with doubting, um, unfortunately. Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? 
Uh, Jesus talking about the way he, uh, Thomas saying, uh, we don't know where you're going. You're leaving. How are we supposed to know the way? How are we supposed to know how to live? How are we supposed to know how to go to the Father? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father, and that will be enough for us. How many of you just like, can you just show me God? Can you just like, God, just show up, and then I'll believe. How many of us have said that before? Uh, God, if, you, if, you, if you're really real and you show up in this moment, then I will believe and I will follow you. And, and how many of you are still asking that question? But Jesus said, Jesus said, no, no, no. If you've seen me manifest and you've seen how I walked and how I lived and how I loved and how I forgive sins. And if you see how I did this, then that is enough. Then you've seen the father. See, Jesus is the reflection of the father. And those who are in Christ are a reflection of Jesus. And so as we see Christ in one another, it's a picture of seeing the father. That's why the greatest apologetic that we'll ever read is this. Your love for one another is how they'll know the truth. Your love for one another, the the way you you love one another, and not just love one another when it feels good. Not just love another when you get a present or get invited to a birthday party, but when you love one another when there's conflict. When you love one another when there's not just conflict between you, but there's racial conflict and there's uh, economical conflict and there's political conflict and, and there's all this conflict in the world that you are still loving one another, not as the world loves, but as the Father has given you love for one another. That's how they will see God. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. It's fascinating how we come to faith, right? We come to faith in many different ways. Some of us, it was maybe a a, a certain faith or revelation. Some of us, we had to study the evidence, right? We we needed to know everything. We, We needed to read and we needed to read the books and read the articles and read history and study the facts and, and and there's two different ways that we can come to faith that's what Jesus is saying but believe believe in me because of one of these believe me when I say that I am in the father and the father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves verse 12 very truly I tell you whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the father And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. 
Because I live, you also will live. You will see me because of this faith of this opening of your heart and putting this faith and trust in me. This is how you will see me. This is how you will know me. And I'm going to send the spirit to come live inside of you to be an advocate, to testify that this is true. It's a seal of his promise of what he has promised. And so here we are as a church and we've been almost celebrating five years, five years, September 8th. Come on, somebody. It's awesome. Five years as a church, five years uh, establishing the work of Jesus in this city, five years of holding up this vision of see Jesus clearly. Five years, if you see Jesus, watch what he will do through your life. Watch how you'll, you'll make a difference around you, and he'll make a difference through you. As we see Jesus, and we've been holding up this anthem, it's bring, bringing hope to the hopeless. Those who are captive have been set free. We've seen God do incredible things through the life of this church. And we're believing that God is going to continue to do this. And, and why only one vision of seeing Jesus clearly? Why only just see Jesus? Because it's the one thing. He is the one thing that we affirm in this church. We affirm Jesus. We affirm who he is and what he's done. When there's any dispute among us, we appeal to Jesus and Jesus alone. We're going to affirm him in all our lives. We're not going to affirm our lifestyle or lack of lifestyle. right? We're not going to affirm our duties and our laws and our lists. We're not going to affirm any of that. We're going to affirm Jesus over and over and over again and when you come to me with whatever you're struggling with and whatever you're dealing with i'm going to go to you and say how are you doing with jesus how's your relationship with him how's your life with him are you growing with him are you spending time with him because it's impossible to have faith without him it's impossible to have faith without him and without faith we are given to our culture Without faith, we're giving to our culture, which will affirm your feelings, right? Yeah, uh, the culture will affirm how I'm feeling, and I will, I will dabble with these feelings, and I will begin to believe in these feelings. We'll, 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 we'll defer to academia, where if I just learn enough and know enough, then I become enough. We'll defer to our jobs where all of a sudden, whether we get promotion or demotion depends on how we do in life, where we're affirming our life through our job and our performance. Now, I'm going to tell you all that's great, right? Your feelings are great. I love your feelings. Please tell me your feelings. I love your jobs. Please keep your jobs, you know? We, we, we love that. I, I love that you're learning and, and that you're growing in, in your academia and your knowledge. I love all that, but I'm not going to affirm it. I'm not going to affirm it, meaning this. I'm not going to let that be your identity. I'm not going to let that be the thing that defines who you are. I'm not going to let it be the thing. And I, when I say I, I'm saying luminous is not going to affirm that. Luminous is going to affirm Jesus. And Jesus in your life, and Jesus lifted up and elevated in your life, he is, what we, he is what we'll be about. See, we have to see him. We have to see him. 
And how do we see Jesus? We see Jesus through this faith. Austin touched on this verse, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. As we begin to get in the Bible and hear his word, our faith begins to grow. As we begin to sing songs, and I want to encourage you because I know a lot of you come late to miss the songs. But the songs are very important because the songs are what's growing our faith because all of a sudden we're hearing the word. We're coming together. Why, why are the songs not more complicated? Why do we keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again? It's because we want you to know it so that you can start professing it and confessing it and declaring it over your life. We want you to get in God's presence and, and begin to sing those things over you because it's very important because that's how your faith grows. It's very important to, to read the word because that's how your faith grows. Every atheist, or not every, that, that, was, that was a generalization. Uh, a lot, okay, a lot of people who don't believe in God, uh, atheists, right? It, from the time they hear the gospel and start their exploration to respond to the gospel, and before they actually move to a place of conversion, meaning placing their faith and trust in Jesus, that would be how you, how you come into the gospel, and place your faith and trust in that, it takes about six months. Statistically, about six months. And we, we, we know this because it's pulled oftentimes for those atheists who have converted. And I will say it's probably not a, a statistic that we can go to the bank on. But, but generally speaking, it makes sense because you see like Josh McDowell, who was an atheist who, who decided to study the evidence, as Jesus talked about, just look at the evidence and that would speak for itself. He looks to the evidence and he starts exploring uh, and his whole, his whole thesis was to prove that there's no God. So he looks at all the evidence and you know what happens? He becomes a Christian. He becomes a Christ follower because the evidence always points to Jesus. You look at Lee Strobel the same way, case for Christ, is, is he was an atheist and, and he wanted to prove that there's no God. He starts reading, he starts studying, and what happens? Discovery of God. You know, this is the average time for, for an atheist for six months. My friend Philip Knight, he, he's an amazing leader right now in our church in mid-cities and, and just an amazing leader as far as in the marketplace, in the finance world, but also very kingdom-minded. He was an atheist, didn't believe in God, and started studying the evidence, and the evidence led him to Christianity, led him to Jesus. It, is, it, it will always lead to Jesus because there's nothing like this faith. There's nothing like it. Not only is there an insurmountable amount of evidence, there's tons of evidence, but because it also is the faith that makes the most sense. When you look at it, the gospel, it's a, it's a selfless faith that it's nothing that you earn or get, right? It's Jesus and, and his love and his grace for you, and it's all about what he's done for you. It's, it's an incredible, incredible selfless faith. And, and, and Philip began to do this as well. He began to study the evidence. But there's, there's so many things that <clears throat> stand in our way of really walking in out and wanting to do that. Um, and so we see that. So, so here we have the evidence and we've, we see that, that you find purpose as you begin to get in the word. You find purpose as you begin to get in the scripture. 
You find purpose. You're no longer aimless. This is what it's pointing to. You're no longer aimless. In Acts 2.42, that, that the, the disciples were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. As those who came into faith in Jesus, they started finding purpose as they, as they met together. They started finding purpose as they met from house to house. They started praying together and breaking bread together. They started and sitting under the apostles' teaching, and they started fellowshipping, and there was purpose given to their life. And I want to just tell you that as you see Jesus, you're going to find purpose. As you see Jesus and how he's moving on the earth, he's going to call you into a place of purpose and intentionality with one another and with what he has called us to do. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That we should all begin to use these gifts as he's given us. You see, as we see Jesus, we respond to the gospel and, and it's come about, then we start using these gifts. You know, Lee Strobel and all these people, it's amazing if you were to get somebody in the Word to really study the evidence, what happens? They don't just get this intellectual knowledge of God, but faith rises up because faith comes through hearing the Word. You start reading this and you start getting in the Word and you start getting around it, all of a sudden your faith starts growing. You start getting around the people of God, your faith starts growing. You start doing all this and then you, and then you start finding purpose. But what stands in the way of, of purpose? What stands in the way of this? Well, well, oftentimes it's maybe insecurity, fear, inadequacy, and reluctance. That, that you hear these gifts that God has given you and you're too afraid to use them. You have this fear of maybe, maybe it's not true. You have these insecurities. You, you have these inadequacies. You have these reluctancies. And so the church has come around to help you. As we see Jesus and you begin to find purpose, you go to the growth track and the growth track starts discovering some of the gifts that's inside of you and starts unlocking these things and, and it starts giving you confidence. It's like, it's like Jackie this morning who was showed up at the cafe and, and she was so excited to serve and all of a sudden she's being taught how to use the coffee maker and serve and and, and it's okay to smile, and it's okay to actually meet somebody new, and you can do it. No, I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid to do that. And then, and then you start encouraging one another, and you start moving in your gifts, and, and you become this great woman who's hospitable and loving and opening up your home and being the gospel wherever you go and in your neighborhood and, and, and the confidence that you get through that. That's what God can do as you begin to find, different, find purpose. And then lastly, it, we are called to make a difference. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That our mandate or our commission is to go make disciples. What that means is go teach others about Jesus. And the only way to teach others about Jesus is by first knowing Jesus. You have to see Jesus. You have to realize that God has given you purpose. And therefore, you can go make a difference in other people's lives. 
Some of us think that we have to be teachers in order to make disciples. How many have ever thought that? Like, I have to know the whole Bible before I can actually make a disciple. It's actually not true. You just have to see Jesus and have faith in Jesus. And as that faith swells, you're able to swell that faith to other people. That faith is contagious. Have you found that to be true? That, that all of a sudden somebody starts believing for something with you? And what does it do for you? You start believing in it for yourself. How many of you found that to be true? Where, where maybe somebody's discouraged or beat up and you go alongside them and you start speaking the truth of God's word over them. And start just encouraging them and building them up. Then all of a sudden their faith grows. And as their faith grows, they're able to present their faith to other people and watch how faith will increase and faith will multiply. And what happens is you get a clear vision for your life. All of a sudden, what seemed a little out of focus starts to become focused. As I invite the worship team to come back up this morning, I would just ask that you would stand with me as we close this morning. And I, w- I want to just encourage us as a church that we would, that we would, be, um, that we would actually see Jesus. That we'd see him for who he is and that we would see, has, see him how he has called us to live and how he's called us to go. How he's called us to make a difference in other people's life. It's incredible how he's done that. And I just want to pray for you this morning. If you wouldn't mind closing your eyes and bowing your heads this morning. As I pray for you. I think sometimes we lack faith. Because we don't have clear vision. So we feel like we have to muster up the energy to get this vision and then you'll have faith. But the truth is, is you just get in the word and you get around his people And you find faith begins to grow and the vision becomes clear. So if you're in this room today, I just want to pray for you with every eye closed and every head bowed. I just want to ask you two questions. The first one is this. If you never responded to the gospel, you never put your faith and trust in Jesus. And you've been looking maybe at some of the evidence. And maybe you've been looking at some of the works around you and some of the people of God. But you decide, hey, today's my day today i want to place my faith and trust in jesus if that's you would you raise your hand so i can pray for you this morning if that's you thank you the second question that i would have you ask of you is have you lacked vision for your life have you lacked vision for your life have you lacked that that faith to believe that faith of clarity that faith that i can make a difference the faith that I was created for purpose. If that's you, can you raise your hand so I can pray for you as well. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in this room, God. And I just thank you, God, for faith. God, you say that you're moving us from faith to faith, glory to glory, strength to strength. So, Lord, I just pray that you would just grow our faith, grow our awareness of Jesus. Jesus, that you would become so real in our lives as we read the word, as we worship, as we get around your body, as we begin to use our gifts and begin to be released in purpose. God, I just pray that you would give clear vision to everybody with their hand raised, God, that it would become so clear on who you are and what you have called them to do and what you call called them to be about, Jesus. I pray that they wouldn't lack 
the strength that they wouldn't be operating out of fear or reluctancy that they wouldn't operate out of out of insecurity but God that you would be their significance and so Lord increase our faith right now increase our faith as the disciples have said it over and over again help our unbelief help our unbelief Jesus help us when we lack the faith to believe that you are the God of the impossible you're the God of the impossible and you're the God who sees and the God who cares and the God who loves the God who will meet me where I am Jesus thank you that you came for us let's sing to God how beautiful he is how amazing he is